0: This is the South Florida Tech Podcast, a weekly show where we bring you the awesome, innovative people building our South Florida tech community. Each week, we'll introduce to you one of the Sunshine State's top tech leaders. Learn more about who they are, what they do, and have some fun conversation along the way. Our podcast is presented by Tech Hub South Florida, a nonprofit dedicating to building South Florida into a tech hub and in partnership with BrainStation. BrainStation is the global leader in digital skills training, offering boot camps and courses in data, design, development, marketing, and product management. They have trained over 100,000 professionals, both online and at campuses in New York, London, and Canada.
1: We are joined by uh, one of the leaders of the uh, tech movement here in South Florida and Miami uh, today, Mayor Francis Suarez. And uh, he's gonna be off video for the most part today, Uh, but we wanted to uh, have this conversation, of course, as big things start to happen uh, throughout South Florida. Um, you know He's been a a leader for this, but a little bit of his background, uh, he was selected with 86% of support of Miami residents to become the 33rd mayor of the city of Miami. That's amazing. Uh, He works diligently to serve the residents of the community where he was born and raised. And before that was also a uh, commissioner for district four of the city of Miami. He earned his bachelor's degree in finance from Florida International University where he graduated in the top 10% of his class and then went on to learn, earn his law degree from the University of Florida where he graduated cum laude. And additionally uh, to being mayor, he's also an attorney with the law firm of Greenspoon Martyr specializing in corporate and real estate transactions. Uh, but most importantly of all, he's married to his wife, Gloria, and they have a son, Andrew, blessed to be raising their family in the city of Miami. And I can speak for uh, us here that we're honored uh, to have Mayor Suarez as one of our great elected leaders for South Florida. So thank you very much for joining us today, Mayor. I think you're you you, you want to unmute there actually.
2: It's that Zoom mute. Oh, there, it gets we there we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Thank you, guys. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's Tuesday, but it's almost like Monday morning blues. Uh, thanks, guys. It's, yeah. a, it's wonderful to be with you this morning.
3: <laughs> wonderful.
1: So uh, to start off, uh, well, I would love for you to give us the elevator speech in the city of Miami. And of course, tell us a little bit about you and how you uh, uh, became a, uh, the mayor of this great town for city.
2: Well, it, it, it really does start with uh, with my father, who was uh, the first Cuban mayor of Miami in 1985. I, I, like your father, who we're sort of talking about offline was a mayor uh, of, of a city as well. I got a chance uh, to see him up, up close and personal. And, and I, you know, frankly, growing up, never really thought I was gonna necessarily get into politics. Um, I got married, I bought a house, I did what, you know, what everybody does. I got involved with my homeowners association. And, and you know, as I saw things, that, that didn't make me happy about the way things were functioning in my neighborhood, I decided that I could take two paths. I could, you know, I could complain about it and, and become an active citizen, or I could become part of, of the governmental process to try to make it better. Uh, so when I was uh, 30 years old, uh, I was running my own co- small business, um, uh, married with our kids at the time, I decided uh, to run for office. Uh, and I thought, this is a good way that I can contribute, that I can give back to the city that I grew up in, that gave me all the opportunities that, that I have. And I was elected, even though I was elected mayor, as you said, by 86%, oftentimes people don't remember or don't know that I was elected commissioner by 262 votes, by a very, very, very small margin, uh, it was about one and a half percent. And so, um, you know, that really highlighted to me um, how important it is to stay connected to your bosses, which are the people that you represent, and and, and and that campaign that I ran, I ran it door to door. I literally went house to house, understanding what were the needs of the community, understanding intimately uh, how government could better serve uh, its people. So when you fast forward to uh, me being mayor for three years and, and I send out a tweet, how can I help? Um, and people see it as some sort of sort of earth shattering thing. The reality is I've been asking how can I help for 11 years, actually for 13 years, if you consider the two years that I ran uh, for commissioner. So, it's very much in line with my philosophy on what government should be and how it should work to serve people.
3: That's amazing. Um, and I will say also as an entrepreneur in the ecosystem, I you know I have lived it and experienced the how can I help? So I just wanna say thank you and so much gratitude for that. You've definitely been part of our success story at Wing Code and now at BrainStation, which is awesome. So I do wanna talk about that. I mean, how can I help? And uh, looking to move to Miami, DM me now on a billboard. Those are it's amazing to see the conversation that has started and how viral those tweets have gone. So I wanted to ask a little bit, did you, did you anticipate that it would be such a sensation that it would get such a conversation going? And you know, further to that, what can Miamians, what can South Floridians do to join this movement that we see happening?
2: The, the how can I help tweet that I put out uh, I did not think it was going to go that viral. Um, <laughs> it was you know it was definitely uh, just a response to a tweet that I saw uh, randomly on my feed by Delian, which said you know what if we uh, you know made uh, Miami into the next Silicon Valley, and I I, I really didn't expect and didn't know what I was really tapping into, and I think it was a huge amount of dissatisfaction or disconnection between governments in the areas where many of the founders are located. And, 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 and so for me and for them, I guess, seeing a public official say, hey, you are not the enemy. Hey, you are, are people who create businesses, who create high paying jobs, who give people an opportunity to, to fulfill their dreams, who change the way we live and the way that we uh, make decisions in our society. You're not the enemy. And I think uh, that is something that uh, you know, resonated with that community. Uh, You know, we have major issues in in not only in our city, but in every city in America, like income inequality. And, you know, people are often trying to blame someone. They want to, they want to scapegoat somebody. Is it the government's fault? Is it private industry's fault? And the reality is it's all of our faults. You know what I mean? In the sense that, and it's also people's individual faults at, at times. You know, we have to, we have to collectively strive day in and day out to make a more perfect city which gives more opportunities to more people. And I think that's why I've been such a big supporter of Wincode because you know, Wincode basically says, we haven't given up on you. We believe that you, are, you matter, you have value. Uh, you may not have the skills in this particular moment to thrive in the economy of today and tomorrow, but we're gonna empower you. We're gonna give you those skills so you can feel uh, your worth and you can give back to our community. And I think to me, that is the most powerful thing that you can do in a person's life.
3: Yeah, thank you so much for saying that. I think we need to have you uh, as our CMO. You got to come join, <laughs> join our team. But Any yeah, I, <laughs> I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't agree more. I really think it's all about upskilling and reskilling South Florida and anyone because honestly, a career in technology is possible for anyone. And as we're seeing right now with the work you're doing, a tech ecosystem is possible anywhere. So um, I think that's that's really awesome. Thank you.
1: I agree and uh, you know one of the things i mean this is really kind of a movement that's going on right now right Mm -hmm. and it's a movement that everybody is a part of and it's very foundational too i mean it's a lot of work with people Mm -hmm. like joe who have been uh, you know putting a lot of pieces together and joe (laughs) yeah, a lot of pieces have been coming together Mm -hmm. over the last few years but um this movement that we have right now the miami tech movement the south florida tech movement uh, how, how do you imagine this keeps going and, and, and what, what does it take to be involved in it from your
2: perspective? I think everybody should be involved because I think one of the things and, and you know, I've done uh, some tough interviews. I did a tough interview yesterday uh, about it. And I think what what the first thing I want to say about it is that it shouldn't be partisan. You know, I think that you know this conversation all too often becomes a partisan conversation. I don't think it should be a partisan conversation. So I think that's number one. Number two, I think we have to realize and, and come to the realization that tech is here to stay. It's a part of our life. It's a part of every industry in the world. And it's only gonna become more part of our life. And so we can deny it. We can pretend it doesn't happen. We can push it away. There's all kinds of things that we could do, but all we're doing is is denying the reality that our future is going to be more tech-based. So I think the better position is to confront it. I think the better position is to say, hey, how can we thrive in this uh, environment, which is disruptive, which is constantly evolving and changing? And so I think as, as a person, as an individual, as a parent, for example, you gotta be thinking about how can I make sure that my child has all of the tools to be successful? right? Do they have the digital tools? Do they have broadband? Do they have the right educational curriculum? You know, as, as an adult, you have to think to yourself, you know, what, what is my career path? What am I doing? And, and, and is my line of work going to survive this rapid disruption? Um, and, and if it's not, then how can I prepare myself for that future? And so I think, you know, I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it is there's a social component to what's happening here. And I think more and more, one of the things that I think is making Miami shine is that as this movement has grown, uh, particularly in the last three months, I feel like it's becoming a more social movement. Um, and, and you see that in areas like San Francisco and Silicon Valley and in Los Angeles and, and New York, where there's mature or more mature tech ecosystems, it becomes a part of the cultural fabric of the city. And I think you're seeing now uh, tech chat groups, uh, meetups, workouts, uh, you know, surfing, kite surfing, all kinds of things that people are doing together. So they're creating a social fabric around technology and to, and innovation, innovative companies. And I think, so I, I think that's something that's helping us uh, mature rapidly in terms of our ecosystem. It's only going to allow us to get bigger.
3: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I have always found Miami from a tech and startup Uh, ecosystem perspective to be so welcoming and collaborative and supportive and so it's great to see what's happening and welcoming all of the new people in. Uh, Just to talk a little bit more about that and and also to, to start talking about some of the initiatives that you're taking in order to further plan on keeping the momentum going, you know, Venture Miami, for example, on the topic of, you know, is tech really good for the ecosystem? Uh, what are the things that we we want to navigate away from and make sure that we don't lose? Just like you said, the fabric of the city is really important, and that's going to be a mix of the newcomers and the people who have been here uh, previously. So, if you could speak a little bit more to that and and touch on Venture Miami, it would be awesome to hear. I know there's an sure. amazing team behind behind that too.
2: We're we're building that team, man. You know, I think I think the question of whether tech is good is it begins with the realization that income inequality. Is real. It's a part of. Uh, it's a problem in every major city in America. We may have it in in according to some uh, statistics in in worse ways than other cities. But the question is, what is the solution? And I think you know, to me, the solution is not higher taxes. To me, the solution is not um, you know telling uh, your productive members of our of, of your community, you got to go, uh, you got to go because you're creating the problem. That's that to me is not the solution. I mean, to me. The solution is creating a city where you can grow companies, where you can create high paying jobs, where people that you can upskill people to have those high paying jobs and you create a dynamic ecosystem. Is it easy to do? I would say the answer is no. If it was easy to do, everybody would have done it and we would have replicated it and everybody would be doing it, right? I mean, if if it were a simple thing, um, I think it's going to take the public sector, the private sector, the philanthropic sector. I think it's going to take innovation and innovative companies, social capital companies that come in and try to create. Um, you know models that monetize uh, things that are, are socially good so I, I mean I think it's going to take an all-encompassing uh, generational effort and I don't know whether we'll ever get there or not but I just to me what I what I've seen happen in in areas that go down the other model of uh, uh, you know which is you know places like Cuba and Venezuela where the government basically takes over and mm-hmm. says hey we're going to nationalize property and we're going to we're going to create quote-unquote equality the only equality that they've been able to generate is equal misery for all of their residents. So to me, that's sort of the other dramatic end. And then in terms of, uh, you know, Venture Miami, uh, you know, I realized very quickly that I was not going to have the bandwidth uh, to be able to deal with every single DM that came in and deal with every <laughs> single call that came in. So I, I was very blessed. Uh, Saifi Shoof, uh, who was sort of riding this wave alongside of me at FIU, uh, as head of advancement, uh, had an idea of, of potentially doing a one- year sabbatical and coming in and creating this venture Miami uh, team. And, and Mark Rosenberg uh, at the president uh, as well as the board was very receptive to that. They immediately said yes. And then uh, you know, the ninth Foundation uh, came in and gave us a grant for, for Melissa Kringsman, um, who is our, our VC and resident, first time we've ever had that in the history of the city. We're going to make a big announcement in the next uh, week or two on tech equity. Uh, and having a designated amazing. person on tech equity, which is going to be amazing. We have uh, the DDA was very responsive. They gave us Kevin Reese to come in and work in our office. Uh, so we're trying to build this, you know, obviously we have Mike Serasti internally and, and Keith Carswell, uh, who does economic development in the city. So we have this, this amazing team that we're putting together to make sure that no DM goes unanswered, that, uh, you know, we can create concierge-like services, uh, highlight whatever incentives we have, and make sure that we're being as responsive as we possibly can be. Uh, to grow the ecosystem as quickly as possible,
1: and, and yeah. I know I, I speak for our entire organization, or over two hundred members and our board members, and whatever we can do to be a part of that. You know, you know I, I think everybody wants to be a part of that, but whatever we can do, you know, we're we're
2: going to try and do our part every step of the way to I, help. It I would I, I, I would say to I would say to engage with SIFE and the team. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they're brainstorming every day. Um, once a week, we do major brainstorming sessions to try to find ways to accelerate this growth.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's it, we just had Brad Feld on a couple of weeks ago, who um, very, very uh, well known for writing the book Startup Communities, and uh, he once termed it as an organized chaos mm-hmm. of different <laughs> things going on. You know, it's a mix of government, entrepreneurial organizations, startup founders, like everybody really working to it. But it does take those leadership uh, roles to really kind of speak up and say, like, hey, we're we're, we're going to to move forward together. Uh, So, you know, as we're we're building up here, you know, local government obviously has a role in in all of this, Uh, you know, but what role do you see local government being able to uh, provide resources to these startups and these startup founders that are looking to call Miami home? You know, not not just the uh, the, the venture Miami as, as a leadership aspect, but what do you think like the city of Miami could be could be doing in the future to provide some tangible resources
2: to these companies? You know, we're working on it. One of the things that we're doing is the DDA has a program right now where they give a $50,000 grant annually for three consecutive years, $100,000 total. They currently have the program seated at a $250,000 level. I'm working with Miami-Dade County to see if we can triple the size of that program from 250 to 750. Um, we're also looking at uh, funding uh, venture miami um and that's something that we're looking at potentially doing in april in the mid year uh so we're trying to cobble together some funds uh for that and you know look i think beacon council has some programs as well for companies that are going to invest more than three million dollars and and uh, and and hire more than 10 people and that's a discount on on county property taxes i think you know we have to seize the moment and i think uh that means we have to really look internally at what are our goals, what are our resources and invest in in a time when uh, when we have, uh, uh, you know, when we have to strike when the iron is hot and, and, and it's hot right now, we have to be able to take advantage of that.
3: Yeah, hundred percent. It's uh, it is definitely a very, very hot time. And we're excited. I mean, for, for me, I've been here in the ecosystem for seven years and it's, I've always felt there's momentum, but now there's real, like there's a national spotlight. So it's really interesting. And just going back to, to what you said about, you know, every industry being a tech industry and needing to look at tech rather than ignoring it. I, I can't agree with that more. I think a lot of people who shy away from technology and incorporating it into local government, into your teams, into your businesses are going to be at a huge disadvantage. So, uh, you know, I love how progressive you and the team have been, and even that, you know, a lot of this communication is happening on DMs, right? So that is the way to reach the people yep. and be connected with everyone. It's just, it's really incredible to to see the impact uh, that all of that's had.
1: And I think you're probably the first mayor who's ever said DM me in a communication <laughs> campaign. You know, Usually, it's like call the office, whatever. No, DM me. That's and that's really, I, I, it encapsulates something uh, of modernity in the city and the fact that we're uh, like you can even tweet with Elon Musk right now about a lot of things. Like, it, 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 there's a lot going on that just signals, hey, we're not the regular city anymore, and and that's pretty neat.
3: Yeah, I love
2: that. Yeah, when I, when I first got elected, you know, one of the first things I did was put my Twitter handle on the door of, of City Hall. And I think there are little things that you can do as a public official that have an outside sort of punch above your weight uh, impact. And mm-hmm. I think that was one of them. I think obviously talking about crypto as much as we've talked about it, I think, mm-hmm. has really put us in the spotlight uh, on, on that issue. where And we galvanized that community, which I think is a huge sub-community of tech. Yeah. Um, and people don't really realize how big it is
1: yeah so uh, uh, one more question here before we because mm-hmm. we, we want to talk about you as a, as a as a person too and not just as a, an official for a moment but um uh, as as representative of the city of miami as its chief ambassador so to say uh is there a specific message that you would like to share that you'd like to get across to current and future founders uh, who are looking to the city of miami to look to south florida and say hey you got to come here.
2: I think the first thing I would say is we, we, we welcome you with open arms. Uh, I think the second thing is you're, you're not going to find a city that is more uh, you know, business friendly, uh, that cares about your dollars um, and, and, and not taking one more cent from you than necessary, absolutely. Uh, that will do everything in its power to make sure that we have the best trained, uh, the best skilled workforce. Uh, to provide, uh, you know, employment for the companies that they're creating, but also so that they can provide for their own families and create upward mobility for themselves. Um, You know, we uh, we want to be the model in terms of a city uh, that that can be scaled nationally and, and internationally. We know we're dealing with big issues, but we don't consider them the enemy. We consider them the solution.
3: I love that being a model of what's possible. That's I'm totally on board for that. That's great. And we're living it right now, each and every day. So right. uh, turning things over a little bit more to you, as we uh, wrap up on the pad- podcast here shortly, I uh, wanted to ask first, what inspires you? What gets you to get up, go to work every day, you know, be with your family, get in those workouts. Like what, what is driving you?
2: I think what drives me first of all is positivity. I think one of the reasons why i um, you know, I, I stayed on this crusade as long as I did because after the, how can I help tweet? I tweeted 800 times in the month of December from December 4th until December 31st. So 27 million impressions. And I think the reason why was because the reaction was so positive. So I think, I think the dreaming of what's possible and having a chorus of people cheering you on and believing in you, that drives me. I mean, that is, it's unique. It's, it's uh, believe it or not, it's uncommon in political life, where you have, where you feel like you have the hopes and the dreams of an entire city behind you. even when you're elected by 86%, there are moments, of course, when you feel like you're there, you've reached mm-hmm. the top, and everybody's got your back, uh, and, and you're, and you're pushing uh, the, the envelope. That's what it really excites me, and um, it's, it's hard to describe how empowering it is, um, you know, but, but this is a, a business that has a way of humbling you as well, <laughs> very quickly. Yeah, I bet. Uh, so, you know, it, it's hard to, to keep that momentum up, it's hard to keep the volume up. I often say, you know, we live in a 24-hour news cycle, and I think what's what people maybe will reflect upon later was not not just how we how we changed our reputation almost overnight as a city, um, but how long we were able to sustain the attention of the nation. I think that's really an un, untold story because it 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 started in December and it's now you know almost the end of February you know, at the beginning of December. So we're talking about all of December, all of January, and all of February to be talked about still in national uh, news uh, as this phenomenon. I think it's a real credit uh, to what we're doing as a city that frankly, we've been trying to do for 10 years and we had a sort of lightning in a bottle moment that J-curved uh, that growth.
3: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. And it, I really got to say, how can I help it, you know, gonna go down in history likely as, you know, four words that changed the trajectory of Miami or, brought a huge influx of people and attention. So that's really, really exciting. And I hope you guys wanna, got your shirts. <laughs> yeah, we got to get some t-shirts. There Absolutely, I yeah. love it. Um, and also just want to shout out Saif and Melissa and Mike Sarasi, who have been incredible for yeah. many, many years, but doing so Absolutely. much in this community. You have a, an incredible team there. I'm uh, really Absolutely. looking forward to collaborating with all of them. So as we wrap up here, little rapid fire to get to know you a little bit better. Tell us, if you if you have time to read, uh, what is the book on your nightstand currently?
2: So the book on my nightstand right now is Digital Gold. Um, I also have the Blue Zones. Uh, I just finished Bitcoin Billionaires. I do have the Startup Community on my nightstand. Um, and, uh, and and that those are the ones that are right now uh, on there.
3: Awesome. That's great. What is your most productive time of day?
2: the most productive time of day i guess it depends on what i'm being productive about so obviously in the mornings i work out so that's productive mm-hmm. uh you know i'm i'm more my my mind is sharper during the morning i think as 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 the as the evening sort of progresses i get you know tired like every like everybody else and the the be thinking that often more and I'm,
1: Out for him, that's my last time. Mayor, you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here.
3: Coming in, perfect. There we go. Okay, awesome. And what okay, great. So, morning, you're sharper, more productive. That makes sense. Uh, it didn't always used to be that way for me, but it is these days with two young kids. I'm sure it's the same in your
2: house, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly the same. Exactly, but uh, what about so? What time do you go to bed? So it's interesting. Uh, I, I usually I'm I'm very much into analytics. So I always measure how much I sleep. I measure all, everything. Um, I, I I you know I tend to go to bed around 10 10:30. Um, you know when when I'm getting good sleep, I'm on the 10 o'clock side. When when I'm not getting as good of sleep, I'm on the 11 11:30 side because I, I usually have to wake up around the same time, which mm-hmm. is basically around six to six thirty to get going for the kids and help my wife and. Now, lately this year, I've been taking my son to school Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, which is a lot of fun. We are blasting the music in the car, um, having fun.
3: That is awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm big into the sleep data as well. I have an ODA ring, uh, a ring that you wear when you sleep, and it gives you all kind of data points on how your awesome. sleep was. Huh? So if you're awesome. if you're into that, I'll send you a link. It's, me, I'm actually originally to. from Finland, and it's a Finnish company, so got to support. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I have an eight
2: sleep bed, so I I, I, I measure the metrics on that. That's amazing. Very cool.
3: Yeah. What, uh, what is your favorite podcast? You get time to to listen in on some podcasts other than this one, of course, what, what is
2: your favorite? Uh, 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 other than this one, of course, uh, my favorite one, I think is Joe Rogan. Uh, I don't really get a chance to listen to podcasts as much as I would like. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I'm, I'm usually, you know, working or on a podcast. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> uh, so, so, but, but Joe Rogan, obviously, which is, you know, very, obviously very well-known, very, very, very much heard, uh, is, is one of my favorite ones.
3: Awesome. And is there a motto, a mantra, or a quote that you live by, and what is it? Wow. Uh, I know there's probably oh. so many. That's all everyone's this, always like, but I have like ten. <laughs> so,
2: so many, so many quotes. The one that probably is my favorite is, uh, "Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere," which is a Martin Luther King quote. It's one of my favorite quotes, um, and I think it it pushes you to drive out injustice in any form in any moment and anything that you see, big or small, mm-hmm. um, because it, it threatens the whole peace and fragility of our world.
1: That's deep.
3: Yeah, <laughs> great, great quote.
1: So uh, Mayor, we have two more questions here. Uh, and number one, how will the Marlins do this year and will they win the World Series?
2: <laughs> well, I'm very close to Derek Jeter, so I have to be very careful how I answer this question. I once <laughs> bet I once did a bet. This is a funny bet uh, that his first year, that if they won 100 games, that I would shave my eyebrows. Mm. Um, and obviously, they didn't win 100 games, so I was very safe on that one. <laughs> they had they had won the first preseason game. So, uh, but I, I I think look, I think they they made it to the playoffs. They won the first series. I think that was uh, unexpected. Obviously, it was a COVID season. Um, I think they have uh, a good shot to make the playoffs again. I'm not sure they're gonna win the World Series this year, but I think uh, in the next year or two, they, they, they have a legitimate chance if they keep on their trajectory.
3: Awesome. awesome.
1: I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And yep. my, my, my bets will probably all be, be lost. But, uh, and, and the last real real question here is, what's one bit of advice that you have for aspiring leaders here in South Florida, people who wanna get involved in, in this uh, tech community who are involved in it, that they uh, they can live by?
2: I guess my one piece of advice would be to dream big. Um, You know, it it reminds me of a story of a friend of mine uh, who went to visit with the prime minister of Israel and they asked him, what would you do differently if you could do your life again? And and his answer was, I would dream bigger. And imagine that coming from the prime minister of a country, you know what I mean? Or the president of a country. I mean, someone who's basically achieved the highest position that they can achieve in their country. Um, So I think that that certainly is something that I'm always kind of pushing myself. I usually don't have small ideas, usually big ideas, uh, like boring tunnels underneath the whole the whole city. Uh, but, uh, if, if, but if you don't do that, like, for example, I'll give you an example from my life. You know, my wife, obviously, I'm, I'm, you know, getting up in the middle of the night oftentimes and I'm tweeting in the middle of the night or whatever. And my wife, like two days before the Elon Musk tweet, says to me, you know, honey, I really think you should um, put the phone in another room you know, and you know, because you get up in the middle of night, you start looking at it and you won't go back to sleep, whatever. So I said, honey, you know, it's just not who I am. It's not me, you know? And then two days later, two nights later, I'm on the phone at four in the morning. I see a tweet that Elon makes, I tweet back at him and he tweets back at me. And that starts the whole conversation. So I just think in life, we have to seize opportunities, take advantage of opportunities. I think living unconventionally is not always a bad thing. If it's, if if you're being driven by your heart and your soul. Uh, to do whatever it is that you're doing and I think living a purpose-driven life is is important too you know you want to at the end you know we only live life once you don't you don't get yesterday back so at mm-hmm. the end you want to be able to reflect in your life and say yeah I, I, I did everything I wanted to do I, I made the, the world better um, and I made a difference
3: that's amazing so inspiring I'm ready to get to work <laughs> let's go let's do it
1: All right. so i So i invite you mayor i invite everybody listening in um go to tech hub south florida learn more about what we do for the south florida tech ecosystem the movement that we have going on there's so many great organizations and people that are a part of this um and also uh Joe, thanks to you. Would you like to give a quick hello from BrainStation?
3: Yeah, a quick hello from BrainStation. You guys will be hearing lots more from us. But of course, if you're looking to reskill, retrain, or hire amazing software developers, product designers, data scientists, or digital marketers, uh, we are here to support and help build this ecosystem.
1: We got we have quite the team on the podcast here today. Uh, Mayor, thank you so much for joining us. And thank, thank you, you so guys for everything you're doing in, in the South Florida. It's really amazing to have your
2: leadership up here amongst us. Thank you for believing in me and your belief in me really fuels me. So I really appreciate it.
0: Thank yeah. you so much. Enjoy Thanks, the rest guys. of your day. Have a great day. You Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Our podcast sponsor is Emerge Americas. Each year, global enterprises, disruptive technology, and elite startups are highlighted at eMerge's premier tech event, Connecting the Americas. The event is held in Miami Beach, which to date has hosted organizations from over 40 countries and featured over 250 speakers from around the world. eMerge Americas is transforming South Florida's tech ecosystem by connecting entrepreneurs, investors, lead business executives, and decision makers.